Hello, and welcome to the 26th episode of How to Hold a Pencil. My name is Ruben Ingber, and I'm your host. Today I have with me Dan Eden, a designer and a designer at Dropbox, and the man behind several the man behind several awesome projects, including Animate, CSS, and much more. Welcome, Dan. And for the people who don't know who you are, uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Hi, um, really excited to be here. Uh, so yeah, like Ruben said, I'm a designer at Dropbox. Um, I kind of sell myself as a designer that uses code as a design tool. So um, a lot of what I do is mostly like web stuff. So out of that experience comes things like Animate CSS, which is a CSS animation library um, amongst a bunch of like general CSS experiments and like some kind of hacky JavaScript projects and a bunch of web projects that basically um, build out my portfolio and ended up getting me uh, an amazing job at Dropbox. So yeah, that's, uh, that's me. So I love finding out uh, from my guests how they sort of got their start in the web and in design or development. Sure. Um, so I think it's a pretty typical story. Um, I ended up getting into design the same way a lot of my friends have done, which is making posters for a band that they were in in high school <laughs> um so yeah i was i was drumming in this band in high school and um and you know we needed like gig posters and stuff and you know general hopeful print material um for like future albums and all this stupid stuff so i grabbed myself a copy of photoshop and just kind of mucked around for a few months um and you know i really enjoyed it um before then, I hadn't really done any, like, real creative stuff, so um, it was pretty new to me at the time. Um, but then a couple down, a couple years down the line, uh, the company that my, my mom was working for was actually looking for a, a new website. Um, and I made the classic mistake of thinking that web design meant designing pictures of websites. Um, so I, I volunteered my, my services as a web designer um, only to then realize that at some point I was going to have to either code this thing myself or pay somebody more money than I had to code it <laughs> for me. Um, so I opened up front page um, <laughs> and uh, used the WYSIWYG editor in front page to kind of cobble this website together. Um, I think I got paid in burgers at the time, which pretty great. <laughs> Um, but again, came out of that kind of feeling this tremendous sense of accomplishment, having like taken this idea in my head and then thrown it together through this software and out the other side comes a website like you see, you know, hundreds of thousands of every day. Um, and I thought, well, I'm just going to keep this up and carried on kind of doing odd jobs for friends and family and then eventually kind of gearing that towards my own personal projects that's awesome so obviously front page has you know had a WYSIWYG editor and that you know obviously was how you were able to sort of get that first job done but obviously since then you've clearly gone beyond the WYSIWYG um how did you figure out from that point how you were going to learn different things um I'm lucky in that uh the time that I was getting into all this stuff was kind of a revolution for the tools that were available. So, um, you know, just as I was, like, 
really getting into web development. Things like WebKit were re really picking up in popularity, and Chrome was coming out with all these amazing developer tools, and Firefox was gaining popularity as well. Um, so it made like learning the difference between good and bad code really easy because you would find like you know you you go into like Dreamweaver or FrontPage or any of the old kind of WYSIWYG web development tools and they kind of spit out a ton of code that you don't really pay attention to until you really know what you're doing. And so whenever I was experiencing a problem, I would like hop onto a forum and just be like, yeah, what's, what's going on with my code? I have no idea what, what to do to fix this like layout bug or something. And I would get these amazing answers back from people who, who knew what they were doing. But I would still find myself having no idea how to implement the advice they gave me because I had to find my way around all this spaghetti code that these WYSIWYG editors were spitting out. So that kind of forced me into a position where I had to like learn how to code all this stuff myself. So I like, you know, stopped using front page or whatever it was that I was using at the time and and opened up Notepad and and Notepad Plus Plus and kind of <laughs> learn how to write all these pages by hand instead of like relying on these overzealous tools that would just spit out complete junk. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, these um, amazing web development tools like uh, WebKit's Web Inspector and like Bugzilla and all this stuff were really coming into their own. So that transition was um, less painful than I imagined it would have been if I'd started five years earlier. That's so true. I think, I mean, even today, it's even much easier than it was when you probably first started. Um, oh, yeah. How did you, you know, I think for a lot of people, it takes a lot of confidence to build things and to keep pushing forward through the the various stumbling blocks that we all hit as we're learning, you know, as we're learning and as we're building anything, there's always going to be stumbling blocks. How did you build your confidence to sort of, you know, if you got to a roadblock, how did you come over it? And how did you, how do you keep pushing forward? Um, I think that that kind of confidence is easier to generate when it comes to like front-end development because, um, you know, you, you write some bad HTML and the worst that will happen is it doesn't look great in an old version of IE or <laughs> like, you know, some, some other front-end developer will look at it and go, God, this is terrible. Um, I think it's much easier to, um, get knocked back down when the code that you are writing falls apart under every circumstance, like back-end code or, like, you know, programming languages like Objective-C and, and now Swift. Um, you know, if there's, a, if there's a bug in that code, there's no browser to kind of fix that automatically for you. It breaks. So, you know, if you write slow or non-performing code in those environments, then it's easy to... It's, it's difficult to, to accrue the kind of confidence you need to just kind of go, okay, well, I'm just going to carry on anyway. Because, um, like, HTML and CSS are, are just really forgiving languages. Um, and and the, the environments in which they render, are, again, are, are amazingly forgiving. Like, browsers will resolve unclosed tags for you. And, like, you know, the console is really explicit in, in the kind of errors that you're receiving and everything. Um, so I, I never really thought about it before, but um, I guess I, I owe a lot of like my ability to 
self-motivate and to just keep going even when things get difficult to the tools that I use because they're so um, helpful. That's that's really great. I think I think a lot of people don't realize how how many tools they have at their fingertips to sort of you know figure out the problems that they have in their code or to sort of figure out the the to get the confidence to keep going. You use the word motivation, and this is a question that I ask a lot of people. Uh, what keeps you motivated? I mean, you've built some awesome things on the web, and now you're designing some amazing things at Dropbox, I'm sure, um, and things that we haven't seen yet at Dropbox. I'm also sure of that. Um, what keeps you motivated to keep doing new things and to like push the envelope and build new things? Um, for me, it's mostly... It's a, it's a pretty selfish motivation. It's usually something that I have a problem with. <laughs> like, um, if, you, if you were to just glance at the projects I've worked on, um, almost all of them are, are like self-initiated, kind of pretty small um, projects that uh, were born out of a need that I had. So um, I think actually one of my favorite ones is, is Brills, um, which is like a a web application that's just basically an overglorified calculator. You you give it your like monthly income and then like your regular monthly expenses and it will basically just tell you how much money you have left over after those expenses. Um, and this this was something I made um, when I when I was working like in my first job, um, which was a as a web administrator at a, a fragrance and toiletries distributor. <laughs> <laughs> from um, fragrance and toiletries to Dropbox, that that yes. must be an interesting that must be an interesting story in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, um, so you know a lot of table layouts and, and email stuff um, around there. But uh, it was the first time that I I had like a an actual income, um, and coincidentally the first time I had regular outgoings. So you know I looked at all the kind of finance software that was available on web applications and stuff like like mint and all all the ilk of that um but they were all just really heavy things and you know some of them had too high price points and i didn't really need 50 percent of the features that they were giving me so i thought okay i'm just gonna force myself to learn like you know programmatic php and some of the frameworks that come with that um, in order to make this thing that I have in my mind. Um, and most of my projects are like that. They're just things that I I really need and I approach as a design problem, like something that can be solved with a really simple solution, um, which usually means pretty simple iterative processes. So, like, you know, before I can start writing this glorified calculator, I need to know how to say, like, hello world in PHP. Um, and, you know, maybe I want to add some interactions and some animations, so I'm going to learn CSS animation um, to do those things. And it. Yeah, it's, um, it's not that hard to stay motivated for, for something that you have a vested interest in, like... Um, which, which is what I love about working at Dropbox is a lot of the problems that I'm solving are genuine problems that I've had you know, before joining Dropbox and even still while working at Dropbox. There are things that the whole company wants to get fixed like um, a lot of the time because it'll help us work better. Um, so, yeah. 
So you've worked on a ton of side projects. I mean, I know about Animate. I, now I know about Brills. You have Onward, uh, Toast, which I've used a couple of times on projects. Um, what has surprised you most about your side projects? I mean, like, your side projects have really become a part of who you are, I think, on the web. And, uh, you know, what surprised you about them? Um, I think the single biggest surprise is the popularity of Animate CSS. Um which has become maybe the um, the biggest drain on on what I now call free time. <laughs> um, like, I mean, I so this was actually a project that came about when I was working on Brills. Um, I was I was using um, CSS animations for the first time in Brills, just to like you know add a bit of flavor to the application and make it a little bit more friendly. Um, and I was finding myself kind of duplicating a lot of the um, the kind of interactions and animations that I would see in like iOS apps or, or Mac OS apps or something um, and figured that rather than just like writing these animations once for this project and then probably tweaking them again later down the line for another project, I would just have this repository of animations that I could just pull what I wanted from um, and just keep that as a separate project. So it started off as this like 300-line single CSS file, and today it's got something like, um, let me see here, it's got something like 2,000 stars on GitHub or whatever <laughs> unit of currency they're using today. Thumbs up uh, likes or something or other. Yeah, <laughs> one, of, one of those things. Um, which is just, wow, okay, 13,000 stars. Um, oh, my God. Uh, which is just completely bizarre. Like, you know, I've seen, I've seen this thing on, like, Disney's website, and EA Games used it, and Foursquare used it, and Hipstamatic used it. And, and then I get emails every day from people, like, whether they're, like, bug reports or feature requests or just like thanking me for this stuff and it's just incredible and kind of unbelievable that this stupid css file has gotten so much attention <laughs> well uh add my name to the list of thanks because i've used it on a number of projects and i think it's it's fantastic it makes it makes doing something really easy and makes your site just so much more impactful so what what would you tell uh someone who is just who's fresh to the web who's just starting out um to sort of keep them motivated like what advice would you give them wow um it's a good question i don't really know i suck at these things um, <laughs> oh you're doing great don't worry <laughs> i think um i think one of the things that i tend to get kind of most frustrated about and bugged down by is like the frustration of not knowing how to do something um you know whether that's like learning a new programming language or just kind of refactoring code and making it the most performing it can be um but like when i have a chance to step back and and kind of calm myself down and like give myself some advice that's usually something along the lines of like just you know you can do this iteratively like just learn just learn the most chunked up bits that you can like don't try and approach this problem as if like okay i've got to get from zero to 100 percent in 
in one jump, you know, in one weekend or one week. Um, like when it comes to the web, I, I, f I really feel like MVP is like a really great model to strive for, especially in personal projects or just kind of fairly small projects. It's like, okay, I'm going to make a, a writing environment for the web. Um, where's that start? I need an input and a button to save it. And it's like day one. You don't try and do the whole thing in one jump. So for someone who's fresh to the web, I, I like to focus this on the, on this topic because I think people um, that's, you know, the audience of the show, for someone fresh to the web, where should they get their start? Like where, where you know, if somebody was just starting out, where should they start? Um, for resources, I pretty much go straight to CSS Tricks, <laughs> like every single day. Um, but in terms of like maybe motivation and ideas, just try and find like an area of your life that needs improvement and think about the smallest possible thing that would help ease that friction. And you can, you can, you'd be surprised the number of like tiny projects that can kind of shave 30 seconds off your day. And that time adds up and it frees you up to do even more exciting things and more things that you love to do. That's so true. I think I think a lot of people stumble at trying to figure out where they should where they should find the project because I think a lot of I think I think a lot of people are like focused on saying, "Oh, I want to build the next Dropbox." Well, if you haven't yeah. written your first line of HTML, <laughs> you're a little ways away. But there are projects that you can work on. Like you know, there are little things that you can start doing. I mean, one of the first things I built was this little to do list app, um, and it was like you know I wanted a to do list. There are tons out there, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to make my own just for the fun of it. And you know, I made it and I used it for a while, and now it's you know a piece of it's a piece of my web history. Um, so I know you made an awesome, uh, you know, a pretty awesome journey from your start at doing web stuff, you know, a little side project, a little project for your mom's business and then working in tables and stuff and then to Dropbox, um, sort of how did you make that, how did you make those transition? like how did you make the transition from your first real job, which was, you know, working for the cosmetics company, basically doing emails, <laughs> um, which a lot of people get started out at, uh, started doing it you know how did you make that jump from there to dropbox i mean that has to be an amazing journey and i'd love to hear more about it um it's probably less exciting than you're imagining <laughs> uh so that that job um at the cosmetics place was was uh, part of my degree um i i studied digital media technology um back in england uh, which was a, a four-year course and the third year was a year in industry um, so I, I headed back to Manchester, my hometown, um, for this year out, basically, and, and found a job uh, doing just really simple, like, bricklaying web stuff, you know, email templates, WordPress themes. Um, and, and the great thing about that was that it gave me an income, which meant that during my spare time, I could work on side projects without worrying about monetizing them. So in that single year, I... You know, I would come home from work and have all this kind of pent-up motivation because all I'd been doing all day was, like, HTML stuff and, you know, cutting red tape to get WordPress templates out the door. Um, and so I would come home and have all this, like, motivation for, for this idea that I'd been buzzing around in my head, and I would just get home and, and keep on work, working through the night. 
um, on, on things like Brills and Animate CSS. Um, and so, like, taking that year out, even though I was working a lot of the time, it gave me um, a lot of time to focus on the things that I was really passionate about and these ideas that I'd had circling around. Um, and then toward the end of that year, when I was getting ready to go back to university, um, a part of me was thinking that I should just, like, not bother going back to university. I should just leave and, and just carry on doing what I was doing. You know, I had a decent job and I was able to work on my own stuff, um, you know, in my free time. Um, but then I had managed to get the attention of um, a designer at Dropbox who, who liked the kind of thinking of, around my work um, and, you know, expressed an interest in having me come over, come over to interview and um, I basically, there was no way I was going to give up that opportunity. Um, I, I grabbed it and finished university, so I got the degree to come and work in the States, and here I am. Um, so it was, it was really a, very much an iterative process, again, kind of getting to that level of, um, of ability so that, you know, when, when a, a designer looked at my work, they saw beyond just these email templates that, that was my day job, it was, it was the side projects that I had been working on that, you know, showed product thinking and, and initiative and stuff. And, you know, I, I'm, like, really kind of upselling myself here that that's really what made the difference for me was working on this stuff on the side. No, I mean, I don't think you're upselling yourself at all, personally, and I'm not just saying that because you're on my show. I'm, I'm saying, <laughs> no, I, I think it's... it's uh. I think a lot of people don't in this day and age, you know, everyone's talking about this idea where you have to learn to code or you want to build something, you know, you should do it yourself, all these other things. Mm. But people don't realize that in order to get to a certain level, you have to put in the hours. You, there has to be yeah. sleepless nights. There has to be days where you're tired and you keep pushing through. And a lot of people don't think they think that people who they're hearing about on the web, whether it's you or Chris Coyer or anybody else, you know, they're, they hear about these people and they're like, oh, these people just build things on the web. Like, they've been doing this, but they don't realize that those people have been doing it for a year or several yeah. years or, you know, even a decade. And they're, you know, these guys have put you, you know, put in your time. And a lot of people don't realize that you have to put in your time and then you're going to reap the benefits. So, yeah. if you could go back to yourself at the very beginning, uh, when you started, and I ask, I get, I ask all my guests this, and it's probably the toughest question. You know, when you first started on the web with that first website, what would you tell yourself now, looking back? Um, probably just to do more of this stuff. Like, I, I think about um, all the time that I that I wasted. Um, you know, maybe waste is the wrong word. I I don't regret a lot of my time um, over the last few years, but I certainly wish that I had spent some of it differently. You know, instead of spending half an hour trying to get another achievement on Call of Duty, I wish that I had spent half an hour learning even just the basics of, like, C++. Um, you know, things like that. Just Just small chunks of time that I wish I could put in front of my younger self and say, this time is reserved for, 
you know, doing learning tools and learning processes. Awesome. So what, uh, what's on the horizon for you? What, you know, like, what does the future hold for you, both at Dropbox and, you know, any, any interesting side things up your sleeve? Uh, that's a good question. I have um, quite a lot going on at work, which I'm, I'm really enjoying, actually. Um, there's a lot of ground to go to. There are a lot of projects uh, waiting in the, uh, in the bleachers right now, um, all over Dropbox, which is just really exciting because it means I can like mix and match what I'm working on. Um, so there's nothing kind of concrete or, or nothing concrete that I can really talk about um, coming up at Dropbox, but it's all very exciting. Um, as for side projects, it's really just a case of maintaining them right now. I'm um, actively learning iOS development. Um, so hopefully before the end of the year, there should be something to show of that, uh, which I'm really excited about as well. So since this is a show about learning and I have a few minutes left that I want to, that I would love to talk to you about, uh, how are you learning iOS? Like, how are you going about that? Uh, I'm using Treehouse, actually. Or at least I was using Treehouse until Swift was announced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I've not decided yet whether I should give Treehouse a chance to churn out some Swift tutorials or whether to just get stuck in. Um, I think having looked at like the Swift documentation, it looks like Apple have got a lot of this stuff covered. Um, I kind of feel like I know enough of the, um, the basics of Objective-C to confidently take a run with Swift. Um, I definitely wouldn't advise anybody go headfirst into Swift without first understanding the, uh, the journey that it's taken to get there. So like learning the fundamentals of C and then Objective-C and the common, commonalities between those two, um, and then how that kind of evolved into Swift, which is like a really interesting journey to, to kind of take a look at, actually. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to be on my own for a, a few weeks with this, uh, this learning stuff, which is um, scary and exciting. It's it's so awesome to hear, and I think a lot of people, a lot of people that you listen to the show, I know, also use Treehouse, and I use Treehouse too. And I think a lot of people will find it very awesome to hear that somebody who is very well accomplished, who is going out and building amazing things, is still taking the time to learn something new, and is using the same tools uh, that all of us are using. So the final question I ask everybody on the show is, where can we find? Where can my guests? Where can my listeners find you on the internet? Uh, so my website is daneden.me, and I'm also on Twitter at underscore DTE. Awesome. And I'm going to link to Dan's website and his Twitter and a bunch of his GitHub projects that are awesome um, in the show notes. And you can find the show notes at www.howtoholdapencil.com. I want to once again thank uh, Dan for joining me tonight uh, on the show. It was a great pleasure to talk to you. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter at Hold a Pencil. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Ruben Ingber, R-E-U-B-E-N-I-N-G-B-E-R. And I will speak to you all next week. <laughs>